0: This is Living Lean, the show that teaches you how to apply the science of nutrition and training to sustainably create your leanest, strongest body and build the most confident version of yourself. I'm your host, Jeremiah Baer. Let's get into the show. What is going on? Welcome back to the show. It is Q&A time. So today, we're just going to go ahead and get right into it. All right, first question First two questions, I should say, because we had two very similar questions in my membership training site where I drop programs every month. We have, if you have access to a weight room, if you only have a band of dumbbells, if you only have bands, or if you only have body weight, I got you with the training program. So anyways, this is from the membership training site. Um, First question, according to my Fitbit, I haven't been burning as many daily calories as I was in previous months. I've added more outside runs, walks. Runs and walks. My protein may not be as on point as it was, but I'm not overeating. My schedule is just different since I'm not working. I'm wondering if I should adjust my calorie intake or change something up. And the next question was very similar. Um, when it comes to daily calorie intake, or how should I adjust according to the workouts that I'm doing? How should she adjust her calories according to the workouts that she's doing? All right, so a lot to unpack here. First and foremost... Realize that okay, right now as I'm recording this, we're in the midst of the COVID-19 quarantine. So, most people are stuck at home. Therefore, your NEAT is going to generally be a lot less. You're not exercise activity thermogenesis. So, so, most of us, and I know especially for my first client here, first member of the membership side, I should say here, she worked at a gym before. So she was very active, she was on her feet a lot. So even if she is intentionally going for runs and walks throughout the day, it's probably still a lot less movement than it would be just the back and forth of working at the gym. I remember for me, when I went from training shit, like 60 sessions a week at the gym, to working full-time online at home from my desk, I was amazed how much my step count dropped. It literally went from, I was easily hitting 15 steps a day at the gym and then it went to like now if I don't try at all, it'll be like two to 3,000. I have to be very intentional to hit 6,000 steps a day. So that's just part of the reality of not having a job where without really thinking about it, you just move a lot. Even if you're just in a position where you're talking to people a lot throughout the day, so like... You're doing, you're working the front desk at the gym. You're still going to be walking up. You're still going to be going and talking to members. Even when you're talking, if you're like me and you talk like you're, <laughs> talk with your hands a lot, you're still burning more calories throughout the day. And just because you're not interacting with as many people, you're going to be burning fewer and fewer calories. But the second thing I would look at here is with things like a Fitbit and Apple Watch, the reality is the calories burned are very, very Inaccurate. This has been proven in studies. So it's much smarter. I have all my online clients take their steps into account because we will see during times like this the movement does decrease a lot, like we just talked about. And just in general, anywhere outside of this, if you're in your fat loss phase, we always want to know where your neat levels are at because that's a very important variable. Because if you're eating less, Without realizing it, your body will also subconsciously reduce meat and it puts you in this very frustrati- afraid, ugh, frustrating situation where you're eating less, but you're also burning less. So it is important that we have some type of metric here, but I have my clients track steps instead of calories burned because most trackers do have both of those options um, because even if your step count isn't as accurate, it's kind of like a scale that always weighs Five pounds heavier, we can still see the trend, right? So, even if your scale does weigh five pounds heavier, you still know, okay, I'm consistently losing weight. Or in this case, if your Fitbit always is a little bit inaccurate, maybe you're always, it says you always walk 10,000 steps, but you actually walk 8,000 steps. Regardless, we'll still be able to see the trend. We'll still be able to see if your movement dips. But with the calorie equations that they use and how they calculate calories, it's just all over the place. So, steps are a lot more accurate there. Um, She also mentioned maybe her protein might not be as on point. So there she, I think she's referring to the thermic effect of food. Protein has the highest thermic effect. So protein burns the most calories during digestion. So if she was eating less protein, then, excuse me, if she was eating less protein, then she would be burning fewer calories. That said, your Fitbit, your Apple Watch isn't going to be able to measure the thermic effect of food. Really, they're not that advanced. So I would say for the most part, the biggest things you can do here is just schedule time for movement. Because the reality is you're just likely moving less because your lifestyle has changed so much. Um, so like what I've been telling my clients, and this is what I literally do schedule a time two to three times a day. We're gonna go on a 10 to 20 minute walk if you're not getting a lot of movement in right now, because otherwise we will see those steps decrease a lot. And your knee as a whole will take a big hit. And then as far as adjusting calories, it really depends. So there's there's so much stuff out there on Instagram right now. People saying, hey, drop your calories by 200. And there's other people saying, fuck those people that are saying drop your calories by 200. That's the worst thing you could do right now. Personally, I think it just depends on what your goals are. I know for some of my clients, they feel like their fat loss, their nutrition is the best thing that... The biggest thing they have under their control this is one thing we can still control right now, your body, how your body changes is very much still under your control. So it just depends on what you want to accomplish. So first and foremost, we need to know how your body is changing in accordance to what you're doing right now, which is why all my clients are still tracking <clears throat> all these metrics like body weight at least three times a week, body measurements weekly. One of the biggest mistakes, I've said this so many times on this podcast already, is one of the biggest mistakes people make is not tracking how their body is changing. So if you're just going into this, you're in this situation, you're quarantined, and you have no idea how your body is changing, we really have no data to tell you how you should adjust your calories. Are you gaining? Are you maintaining? Or are you even losing right now? You probably really don't know outside of how you kind of just feel, which isn't really very accurate. So take your body weight at least three times a week. Take your body measurement. So I have my clients measure around their chest, two inches above the navel, two inches below the navel, at the navel, around the widest part of the hips, widest part of the right thigh, and the right bicep. Take that, comp- take that first thing tomorrow morning before you've eaten or drank anything, after using the bathroom. Do the same thing again a week from now. See what your changes are like. If they're trending up, especially around your belly. We're not worried like if your chest increases, your biceps increase, even hips or sometimes thighs, those for women, women tend to push a little more fat there. So sometimes that could be a red flag that you're gaining a little bit more fat. But if you're in like a glute specialization phase, of course, that's what we want. Damn it. This is such an it depends question. But if you're gaining, if you gained a bit on your chest, like reasonable about like an eighth of an inch, quarter inch. Um, which is honestly even pushing it for muscle gain for a week definitely pushing it for muscle gain for a week same thing with the lower body but if we're seeing like big gains on your belly or hips thighs and you're also seeing the weight trend up that's probably a sign you're gaining so if you want to be like in a lean gains phase like the women and men that i coach go through lean gains phases where the goal is to get you to gain 0.25 to 0.5 percent of your body weight per week real slow rate of weight gain we're looking for body measurement increases and for increases in performance in the gym or your home gym right now increases in performance in your living room wherever that may be we want to gain weight there because it's a good sign that we're building lean muscle and eating a bit more is going to be more conducive to gaining lean muscle whereas if you're in a deficit and you're not fueling your body enough. It's just not going to make building muscle a priority. Wow, this is turning into a way longer answer than I expected. <laughs> but point is, track metrics. And that's really going to tell you how... That's going to tell you what you need to do with your calories. So then we have to look at what is your goal. Do you want to gain? If you want to gain, basically, we just talked about what I, I already went into depth what I would do there. aim to gain 025 to 0.5% of your body weight per week just increase calories by 5 to 10%, mostly via carbs if you're already eating around one gram of protein per pound of body weight and at least 0.3 grams of fat per pound of body weight. I would ideally increase you via carbs. This is gonna help your training and your recovery more. Um, if you wanna maintain and you're gaining, I would just decrease calories by 5%. If you're gaining or maintaining and you want to lose I would just decrease calories by 5 to 10%. And again, keep protein around 1 gram per pound of body weight. 1 gram per pound of body weight? Yeah, I said that right. Um, 0.3 grams of fat per pound of body weight. And then uh, pull calories from carbs and fat as needed. Whew. All right. That got so much more long-winded than I expected. Next question. Thoughts on digestive enzymes. And in this case, she means digestive enzyme supplements. All right, so basically your body has these naturally occurring digestive enzymes that really help you break down food. And these enzymes are produced in your mouth, your stomach, um, your small intestine, and your pancreas. So, and we have different enzymes that help you break down fats, carbs, proteins, so on and so forth now sometimes people's bodies run into these issues where they don't make enough digestive enzymes and this leads to digestive issues which can be things like bloating gas diarrhea and can even manifest itself as things like irritable bowel syndrome for example i would say probably the most common example of this that i run into or the most common example i should say we hear about Is people that don't make enough of the enzyme lactase, and then you have a hard time digesting lactose. So basically, think people that can't, that don't do well with like milk, for example. That's a super, super common example. Now, the thing here is if you do have a known stomach disease or small intestine disease, so again, you have like pancreatitis, maybe you have irritable bowel syndrome first and foremost if you think you have any of these go talk to a doctor they will prescribe you something for this and in that case you will probably get digestive enzymes that should help with your symptoms that said if you don't have a confirmed diagnosis and your symptoms are relatively mild so like you've gone to a doctor they clear you and your symptoms are pretty mild, it's probably smart to just try to identify the foods that give you issues in the first place and just try to avoid those. So for most people, the most common things are going to be like, well, first and foremost, I should say I hop on calls with a lot of people like, oh man, my digestion kills me. And this is normally the initial call, different things like that. And then I'll say like, okay, so when does it really bother you? And it'll be like, when I smash a whole pizza or I'll eat like a half gallon ice cream sometimes like all in one sitting, my gut feels terrible the next day. So in situations like that, a lot of times it's just about practicing moderation. Maybe you can eat one to two pieces of pizza or just a bowl of ice cream and you'll feel fine. So we run into that situation a lot. Next, there will often be like, okay, I know anytime I eat this food, it kills my gut, but I eat it anyways. And then again, it's like we need to figure out ways to, like, okay, can you find a dairy free option of ice cream, for example? Um, so, like, in situations like that, the solution's pretty obvious. When it is a little bit unclear what's bothering you, you have relatively mild symptoms, then we can get into things like, okay, we know that dairy is something that causes a lot of issues. Can you try eliminating that for a week, two weeks? And typically, an elimination diet is supposed to be. 30 days but normally when you take something like this out and that's the thing that's bothering you then you'll know pretty quickly oh wow i feel a lot better or lectins are another one that creates problems uh lectins and phytates so these are just a protein well lectins are a protein and phytates are the storage form of phosphorus we don't need to get super deep into this but they're found in like wheat barley um brown rice beans nuts legumes seeds different things like that so like even Like okay if you're eating a lot of brown rice maybe try switching to white rice interestingly enough white rice doesn't have this lectin um so for most individuals white rice is gonna be a lot easier on their stomach and then we can look at like okay nightshades like what nightshades are bothering you or even for some people it's literally eating too many veggies like people don't realize this but again things like we're eating a ton of broccoli Maybe that's the issue. So from for some people, it's literally dialing back veggies. That said, I think I've had that conversation once, <laughs> so it's not for most people, that's it's not that you're overdoing the veggies, but a ton of different things like this we can look to as far as like okay, what could be potentially be bothering gut. But again, with the di- digestive enzymes, um, past like an actual stomach disease. The research seems to be pretty limited as far as how effective they can actually be outside of that. And the final question was I am struggling to get protein in because the store is sold out of all of my favorites, chicken and lean ground beef help. I got you. All right. So this is something that I've been talking through pretty much with all my online clients because everybody's having the same struggle for most people like chicken and some variation of beef are going to be their go-to so i came up with a list i actually made this into an instagram post so (laughs) follow me more closely but um i came up with a list that is what has helped my clients the most what i've found to be like the actual protein sources that are still available because for me i was not one of those people that stocked up like four weeks ago it's like oh this is dumb i don't need to do this i don't need to stock up there's gonna be plenty of food. And then I went to the stores like, shit, there's literally nothing. So (laughs) in my week since, since my unpreparedness, these are the protein sources I've found to be super available and that have really worked for my clients as well. One is going to be low fat Greek yogurt. So as a whole, low fat Greek yogurt is one or like non-fat Greek yogurt is one of my favorite protein sources. Such an easy way to get a ton of protein and little else. If you mix that in with protein powder if you mix a plain non-fat greek yogurt with protein powder delicious it's literally 50 to 70 grams of protein if you mix some berries in there so good and such an easy way to get your protein deli meat is another good one people don't so people have not picked up on the greek yogurt thing at all there's tons of greek yogurt sale available at all the stores um same thing goes for cottage cheese and very similar like a low-fat cottage cheese nothing at all wrong with that but if you're trying to control your calories it's probably smarter in most cases to go a bit lower fat here so low-fat cottage cheese very similar to Greek yogurt don't mix that with protein though that that'd probably be disgusting i think some people do actually like to mix cottage cheese with fruit weirdos i'm not i'm not a fan personally but cottage cheese is a good one deli meat is another really good one that weirdly to me has also not been sold out on a lot of um protein powder another good one i wouldn't overdo the way i typically tell my clients to try to keep it to one to two scoops of protein a day tops but protein powder is pretty much oh and i should mention all these are very lean protein sources so they're pretty much made up of just protein so you don't have to worry about a lot of other calories some carbs and fat um turkey bacon is another very good one still a lot of it available i think people must just sleep on turkey bacon because there's still a ton pretty much just protein great way to add if, you, if eggs were available you could have it with your eggs for breakfast so you can make this into like a blt wrap or something like that and then finally salmon tuna and chicken packets so these are literally just little packets they're right by where the canned salmon is but they're fl- or the canned tuna is and canned salmon i guess but they're flavored. They're delicious they're really easy they're really easy on the go protein source and again they're pretty much just protein anywhere from 15 to 30 grams they're super cheap so easy so those are my recommendations if you're looking for some these are all very very convenient protein sources actually but if you're the stores out your normal protein sources give these a try that'll help you out all right guys and that is all i have for you today as always thank you for tuning in and before i let you go do me one huge favor take a screenshot of this podcast on your phone right now share it to your story and tag me you're really helping me grow the reach of the show and also i just really want to connect with you and thank you for supporting the show truly it means the world to me all right thank you for tuning in